following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well in a beautiful, hot, sunny afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area. And the NCAA Super Regionals off to a hot start as Duke survives the comeback from Virginia. They thought they had a walk-off, did the Cavaliers, and a play at the left field wall. And what a play. The Duke Blue Devils take game one in the Super Regional. We'll talk about it coming up and everything that's going to happen in baseball. I'm Jacob Goins. He's Carter Bird, as always. And on Fridays, we are joined by Jack Hudden in studio. Gentlemen, happy Friday. What a start to the Boy, Super the, Regional the weekend. Unbelievable. The energy's hot right now in the studio. Yeah, man. it is. That was fantastic. Everybody, everybody thought that ball was gone except for the guy that hit it. Because he hit the ball and immediately threw his he- his hands to his helmet and was like, "Oh no, I just missed it." But man, what a game! That to was start fantastic. Off Super regionals. Duke wins five four game one against Virginia in Virginia. Chris and Pollard's a pretty good coach, man. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. So five four Duke in game one. That's how you start off the Super Regionals. We're going to talk about all the matchups coming up here in hour number one. Uh, what could have been for Auburn, unfortunately, but some still really, really good matchups around the SEC and around the country. We'll talk about that here in the first 30 minutes or so. Got a great question of the day for you two guys and for our listeners as well. Then, want to talk about the blue chip ratio that came out uh, from 247 just a few days ago. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with that, we will inform you on that. I know uh, we've talked about it some. I know Doug on the Max Roundtable has talked about this quite a bit. Uh, It's a really interesting conversation and Auburn just squeaked into the top 16. We'll talk about why that's important historically in college football. So that's all coming up here in hour number one. Then in hour number two, we're going to start with Trey Wallace who covers the SEC for OutKick. That'll be right at the top of the hour at three o'clock so you don't want to miss that. And then we'll talk about the, uh, the Big Ten football schedule and how Carter is upset because Northwestern got the absolute short end of the stick in that schedule. The 24 schedule is insane <laughs> what they did to them. Not only did Northwestern get screwed over last year because one of their four conference home games in their nine-game schedule got played in Ireland, they got hosed in 24. Yes, and we'll talk about how what that would look like in the SEC and do some comparing and contrasting. So, got a great show on tap for you today. Outside of the interview uh, with Trey Wallace, it's a Friday afternoon. You know what that means. Phone lines are wide open. We want to hear from you, our wonderful listeners. 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to us. That number again, 334-321-1390. Your comments, questions, concerns on anything we're talking about, anything on your mind, in the sports world we want to hear from you call in you can be a part of the show and be on the line and so Carter Burr with me I'm Jacob Goins Jack Hudden as well for hour number one let's talk a little baseball as we just saw game one of the day 
doesn't get a whole lot better than that Duke over Virginia. And so coming into this weekend, guys, some of the series that are on your mind that you'll be watching, keeping up with uh, that that entertain you and really get you fired up for Super Regional Weekend. Oh, well, I mean, I think that that Southern Miss-Tennessee series has a chance to be really uh, good. I don't know if y'all saw, but um, at Southern Miss Stadium this morning, there was a a priest there blessing the field. Oh, okay. So that's a thing that. That, that happened. So Was that on was was that a Southern Miss thing, or did it's, he just well, show up? And- I'm assuming it's a Southern Miss thing because it's in their park. But I mean, yeah, maybe he just wandered uh, in there. And and he, that's interesting. I mean, he's in the full get up. Like, I mean, it looks like the Pope is inside the stadium, just blessing the the <laughs> seats and the stands that are in there. I mean, it's, hey man, it's something. It's they're, baseball. They're, you do what you got to do, right? Man, they're going. I, I guess they're trying to summon the baseball gods, if you will, <laughs> uh, for that one. Because Tennessee's a good team and. Um, I think they're going to need them in that stadium. Yeah, and and I think that's one of the more interesting ones. It's it's one of the series that uh, Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC talked about yesterday uh, that he had his eye on. And so, yeah, you look at the result. We already talked about Duke and Virginia, uh, the Blue Devils getting that victory. Some games that are coming up later today. TCU after uh, lighting the world on fire and going, and they're going to Indiana State this weekend for that Super Bowl. not, or, other way around. Oh, apologies, apologies. It's in TCU. My bad. Indiana State was supposed to host that Super. Right, 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 right. I don't think they had the logistics that were possible. They're hosting the Special Olympics in their town mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. So that limited their ability to have it in their home park. Uh, they did not submit a proposal or a plan uh, to have the Super at home, which is why it's going to be at TCU. To which I, my I guess my response there is, if you are if you're the NCAA, that would be I mean that seems like a perfect situation to find a way to bring some people in or I mean to to host some people for the week. I mean, and I know that you know space is going to be limited, but what do you mean? how can you get people like how can you get some people in there to actually work the super? I mean, I know it's going to be difficult with hotels and travel and things like that, but can you house people outside of there to actually work that? That logistical, well, no, it, uh, like I don't think they have access to their park this weekend. They're hosting of, the Olympics in that park. I think there's at various events all over the place. I wow. don't think they have access to their park. I think that's part of this. Interesting, and that's why. How many times have we sat here and talked about scheduling conflicts when it comes to the NCAA tournament well, and baseball? Because none of these teams expect them to be <laughs> themselves to be good. <laughs> Ask Kentucky, ask Indiana State. I mean, it well, happens all the time. I the mean, Indiana heck. State one I can kind of understand, but Kentucky, like, come on. Like, in Oregon State, right? I mean, like. In Kentucky baseball's defense, like, they don't do this. They right. Don't I do mean, this that they did this year. But there's a difference between Kentucky and Indiana State. Yes, and there. But then you, and then you brought up. A perfect one. Oregon State last year when Auburn goes up there to the Corvallis Super Regional. That's an hour and a half Mm -hmm. away that the Auburn Mm -hmm. teams stay in. That can't happen. Right. That can't happen, especially at a a program like Oregon State that's been really good for a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. You gotta. I mean, you you have to have some sort of logistical plan for that. Yeah, just yeah. in case this happens. Right. We talked to Andy Burcham about that earlier this week, and he was like, "Yeah, we were staying almost an hour and a half away and driving back and forth, not just the team, but the broadcasters and everybody covering the team. It was insane." It was a really good interview, by the way. Thank you. Really it was. We really one. enjoyed it. We it was we a lot of fun. we had a yeah. lot of fun and really really uh, enjoyed it and thankful All for right. for that. Just. 
to give everybody some context about like Kentucky baseball's not good, so like I can understand how they they're good this year, but it's not a historically great pro- program by any means, and I think that's part of the reason why you saw the scheduling conflict. That was their third time ever hosting a regional, and they've only won a regional twice, 2017 and this year. Interesting. I mean, I knew they weren't like historically good by any means, but it's a tough it's a tough thing to to predict obviously but i think they've made the tournament eight times yeah Hmm. to me though it's a it's a program that probably since about 20 2014 2015 it's been slowly on the rise now it hasn't been winning regionals or anything like that but they've been in the tournament more it's been right they they hosted one in 2017 they've they've been around some now and so at, at some point you got to start realizing you know they got a brand new park i and will so, i will agree with ever since me got there in 17 yeah i 100 am with you he took him to a super in their first in his first year on campus right well think about it from the from the town perspective like a college town of lexington or auburn or tuscaloosa or wherever across the country when you're trying to schedule events in your town and you take Lexington for example you legitimately don't know if your if the Kentucky baseball team is going to be good enough to be in position to host a regional or a super regional or whatever and outside of sports let's say an event comes through that's or outside of college sports or whatever and there's an event that comes to the city of Lexington and says hey we want to do this event this coming that weekend and we want to schedule this eight months out it's hard for the town to say no we don't want that event we don't want that money just in case we can host a regional right Mm -hmm. so it's a tough thing to try to judge your gambling right it's a big gamble and sometimes it doesn't work out and so that's why uh, Indiana State will be on the road at TCU you look at some of the other games going on this weekend how about south carolina at florida that's one of the two big sec matchups we just saw duke beat virginia oral roberts at oregon that's a weird one to me Uh, indiana state tcu you have alabama on the road at wake forest and then texas at stanford kentucky at lsu and then tennessee and southern miss so guys some really really good matchups and super regionals this weekend oh yeah i mean i think it's going to be a fascinating weekend um there's going to be a couple regionals that are just bloodbath blowouts. Wake Forest and Alabama. Uh, that one in Oregon and, and Oral. Yeah. I just don't see that one going well. For who? For Oral. Oh. Do you like, you like Oral Roberts? There? I like Oral Roberts. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna okay. On, I'm going to be on the other side of the fence on that one. Why? Okay, but why? Right. Why do you like Oral Roberts in Oral that Oral Roberts can pitch, man. Oral Roberts can pitch. And we saw what good pitching does to really good hitting teams when Penn came to town and took down Auburn earlier in this regional. I mean, it's it's happened all over for a couple of years now. These lower schools that can pitch are getting there a few years ago. Not, not a few years ago, but when Stony Brook made the College World Series, they could pitch. That's how they put down uh, LSU in that regional. Oral Roberts has won 45 games this season. They won't know. I think it's actually more than that now because they won 44 coming into the 49 games yeah 49 games now so yeah that's not a fluke no (laughs) that's not a fluke no No, it's not at all i got oral roberts going up there upsetting oregon wow that's these are these are two of the hotter teams left in the tournament um at some point oral roberts has to start losing a game or two because do you know the date of their last loss oh was it it was like april or something April 22nd. Wow. <laughs> I love it. That's impressive. Their last loss was April 22nd. Oregon 
it's pretty red hot too. They they swept the Vanderbilt regional. They swept the Pac-12 tournament, mm-hmm. uh, and they won their last two of Pac-12 play against Utah. For that, it was really rocky. I think they lost like seven of eight before before yeah. turning that around and getting their this bats, hot. Right their now. bats have come alive, and so I mean, yeah, they're going to be difficult to to beat in their home park. I do, I will say, but. I'm telling you, man, Oral Roberts, I think they can pitch, and I think they're going to compete with them. Pac-12 baseball is one of those things that just doesn't get talked about a whole lot, especially in this side of the country. I mean, how often throughout baseball season did the three of us mention the Oregon Ducks? I mean, yeah. very, very Not little. At all. I, I mean, mean because, right. because they're, they're, they live, unlike uh, in football, they live, it's the exact opposite. They live in the shadow of... Of Oregon State. Mm-hmm. In football, Oregon State lives in the shadow of Oregon. And then, but this Oregon team, they, they've had some pretty good teams here in the past decade or so. Uh, they've hosted a regional or two, if I recall. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they've made it to Omaha. I don't recall I don't that. I don't think they've so. been in Omaha yet, no. Um, i tell you another one that on this schedule that earlier this season you got in Gainesville and South Carolina wins all three. I don't think Carolina wins another game in Gainesville. I think Florida's too hot right now. I think now. they go 2-0. And so I think Gators win that 2-0. You're saying South Carolina's second most dominant regional in the country was a fluke. Yeah. Okay. So do you think the bats go cold or the pitching for Florida just shuts them down? I think the pitching for Florida shuts them down, and I really more so think that the Gators just out-hit them. Um, I mean, Florida – Florida's really good, and that's that's all I can say about it. I mean, and South Carolina, we've we've not seen wrong. it, we've seen it fall off towards the end of this season. Yeah, they've yeah. won some games, they won some games in their regional, um, but I mean, I just don't think that the hot at bats continue down in Gainesville. I think Florida wins that super. We talked to Chris Gordy, locked on SEC yesterday, and talking about the different SEC teams in the super regionals. The one that we believe Carter and I believe is probably going to be uh, not so competitive as Alabama goes on to the number one team in the country Wake Forest who has 50 wins now by the way yeah Jack in your opinion does Alabama have any chance against Wake Forest in a three-game set they're gonna have to pitch extremely well to do so Um, and and I mean they've got pitchers to to do so but that Wake Forest offense is so potent and I know I just talked about how good pitching beats good hitting Wake Forest can beat good pitching just by showing up to the ballpark, I think. The other thing is, in that uh, ballpark, in that field, it's 310 down both of those lines. So it's a really short porch. I think that's going to be full of home runs. And that's both ways. Yeah, I think you're going to get really big swings from that Alabama lineup, Pinckney, Williamson, Seidel. you got a bunch of guys that can go deep. But that Wake Forest lineup, they've been playing there all season – they can really pitch it. They've got four guys, Wake Forest does, that I think will probably go top 10, um, top 10 rounds at least. That's not not top 10 picks. But uh, they got four guys on the mound that can really shove it. And so mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm definitely going with Wake in this one. I don't think it's impossible for Alabama to win it, but they're going to have to pitch extremely well. The one that I have my eye on is Kentucky going to Baton Rouge. I know we just talked about them hosting their regional. I like that uh, they, they, they took care of business for the most part. And... I like Kentucky on the road at LSU in, in a three-game set. LSU, well, we know Paul Skeens is going to do Paul Skeens things. Say, you, you sacrifice game one. What like, happens if Skeens somehow takes an L? There's no way LSU yeah. wins. No, right? no, no, he has to win. Skeens, you're done. Like, yeah, he like, has Skeens to win. Has to win. Mm-hmm. And that's how. At what point do do we see pressure? At some point, he feel the weight of the world on his shoulders because. 
every time he goes out, he has to win right now. Yeah. And what do you see from him, though? You're dominance. Dominance. Which I mean, is what will make him such go a good Major League Baseball yeah. pitcher, he did, right? He did have a rockier start in, in Hoover. Yeah. Uh, and, and the matchup of the two best pitchers in the SEC, both of them had mm-hmm. rockier games. I am. He was nasty last weekend, yeah, and he threw 123 pitches for no reason yes. uh, to get a to get a complete game, I guess. Um, speaking of which, it's amazing how everybody adheres to pitch counts until postseason, and then it's like <laughs> we're gonna kill some guys. Yeah, we we are just gonna like. You saw Southern Miss Sacrifice. throw Tanner Hall for 123 <laughs> pitches and then pitch him on Monday, as start him on Monday for an additional 40 something pitches. Um, I, I I don't know if you heard about this one, Jack, but uh, I guess this is D two. I think I know where you're going with Johns it. Hopkins. Yes, yeah, 164 Gabriel, pitch complete game. Gabe Romano is his name. 101 strikes is in he, that game he is threw. He, <laughs> is that a record? Is that Ray's son? Is that one now? Is that Ray's son? <laughs> God, took you a second. Took, it, took him a long time on that one. I thought one. you said, is that raised some? <laughs> no, it's real numbers. <laughs> hey, Carter or Graham are intern, our stat. We need a stat here. Is 101 strikes in a college baseball game by a pitcher, is that a record? No, it's because Coastal be Carolina close. tried to kill that submarine pitcher that one year and threw him like... 260 pitches in three days in the College World Series. Well, in one game. I'm saying in one game. One game. I mean, one game, 101 strikes. If you do that in three days, that coastal coach definitely left him out there for 178 (laughs) pitches one game. Probably so. Well, I'm interested to see that stat. And again, I think Kentucky, that's my biggest prediction. I think Kentucky goes into Baton Rouge and wins this weekend. I like the Wildcats, and I just don't think LSU has the pitching. And so lots of good matchups, especially in the SEC. We'll talk more baseball later on in the show, but got to get to our first break here in hour number one. We'd love to hear from you, our listeners, 334-321-1390. Last night, Oklahoma softball set some big-time records. Question of the day, was that the most dominant season in sports history by Oklahoma softball? We'll talk about it on the other side. Anywhere fans go to cheer on their team, there are behind-the-scenes MVPs, ensuring everything is game-day ready. We see you, Joe, fixing seats so every fan can enjoy every game. And Allie, who keeps her stadium running smoothly from the moment the first game starts to the last play of the season. At Granger, you're our MVPs, and we're always here for you. With supplies and solutions for every industry and 24-7 customer support. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, U.S. Tax Shield can help you take back control. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Our team of tax attorneys can stop collections and get you protected. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the BBB, so call 800-494-6139. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-494-6139. David Franklin and the team at Franklin Tire and Auto would like to thank everyone who voted Franklin Tire and Auto as the best auto body shop, best tire shop, and best auto service in Auburn Network's 2023 Best of Auburn Opelika promotion. Franklin Tire and Auto has been proudly serving Auburn Opelika since 1970. Find them online at franklinautoinc.com. 
Roger Good here with Workout Anytime. The entire staff and I would like to thank you, the Auburn Opelika community, for voting for us the best gym for 2023. We couldn't do it without our amazing team and support from the community. Thank you for trusting us. Workout Anytime, best gym 2023. Auburn University Credit Union would like to say thank you for everyone who voted AUCU for best auto loan and best credit union in the best of Auburn Opelika promotion. Auburn University Credit Union, finance with family. Visit myaucu.org. Did you know that electrical fires cause over 51,000 home fires in the U.S. each year? And in Alabama, electrical issues contribute to 10% of residential fires. Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air is committed to protecting you and your loved ones from electrical hazards. Our expert electricians will perform a thorough inspection, ensuring your home is up to code and free from potential risks. Call Dixie today and sleep soundly knowing that your home is safe. Remember, electrical safety starts with you. License number 15033. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line. He may be talking about the question of the day. If not, we'll talk about it anyway. 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line, man. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, guys. How's it going? Going well, up, Terry? Terry. What you got? Great. I want to ask Carter there. Hey, Carter. Hey. That question that they threw out, you work in the driver's day, right? Yes. That question that Bill threw out was just the best the best trivia question I've ever heard. Did Jacob, did you and Jack hear that question? I did not, know. Who were the, the Atlanta Braves drafted in 1982? Who, Urban Meyer. Was, yeah, yeah. And, and like, it, this I day, didn't yesterday. I hear that. Yesterday in history, in 1982, they they drafted Urban Meyer, Holy and he there hit you like go. 160 in minor league baseball. I knew the play. stat. I didn't know yesterday really was the anniversary. Uh, I don't know. Oh. He had a weird mustache too. Interesting. Nice. June 7th in 1982. How about that? Yeah, that that just blew my mind. I didn't, I didn't know I did. Urban Meyer even knew. Uh, it was in baseball, baseball, and they said that he got out of baseball to get into coaching. Yeah, well, he was. I mean, he was good enough, obviously, to get drafted. I know he didn't, obviously, right. didn't play very long and didn't have a very impressive showing. But hey, yeah, I mean, the more you know, huh? Yeah, um, guys, I don't pay much attention to this, uh, but some people do. The NBA Finals tonight. Yeah, are we witnessing right now with Giannis being the best player of all time? Because Michael Jordan was great as he was. He didn't do the kind of things that guy does. Do you mean Jokic? Jokic, I'm sorry. The greatest player of all time, Terry. I don't think he's there yet, but Carter and I had the discussion the other day of is he having possibly the best NBA or the best playoff run by a single player of all time, and I think that argument is very, very strong right now. I don't know. When you can average a triple-double, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, oh, he's he's unbelievable, and they can't stop him. And the, and the problem is, Terry – he is more he's more efficient and the Nuggets are a better team when he doesn't score a bunch of points. And that's really, really hard to stop in basketball. If he were to do this I've never seen I'm sorry, Jack. That's good. I was just gonna say if he were to do this for, you know, the next four or five years in the playoffs, I think that's when you start talking about greatest of all time. I mean, because that's where if you're shining in the playoffs with those numbers every year, that's that's when you start picking up those accolades, I think. I don't know about y'all, but it's very rare that I win this guy that can get the, the ball down low like he does find the open guy every time. Every time. And, and again, that's what makes him so good and deadly is, yeah, he could put the post moves on you and, and use his feet and score, but 
he's looking to pass the ball to open teammates and he right. has good players around him and and yeah the Nuggets are they're on I think they're on their way to winning the NBA title they made some trade moves today uh, to get a couple more picks coming up the next few years and trading away like 29 pick like 2029 picks and so they're basically they're putting it all in with Jokic to try to win at the next four apparently or five years. they just need a whole lot of second round picks and they'll be just fine That's what it seems like <laughs> well, I think Miami figured out the other night the best way just let just let him do his thing and stop everybody else uh, yeah I guess so if you can try to shut him down but I just don't know how you can and so I I, I said Nuggets and Six originally and I, I'm still sticking with that I think it I think it still stays there well, I think a lot of the problem is Miami's got a bunch of six-one guys, and they're countering with a bunch of six-nine, six-ten guys. Yeah, and Miami relies on shooting, and it hasn't been as good as they would like it to. And Denver's defense has been fantastic, Terry. Two of the first three games of the finals, Miami's been held under a hundred points. Yeah, who would have thought small guards would would have trouble? See you, Bruce Pearl. <laughs> Take care, guys. Appreciate it, Terry. <laughs> have a good weekend. We appreciate it. He always has something to say. That's he? my favorite part of every week. Yeah, just, just, just <laughs> having Terry call in. I love it. Well, <laughs> the zinger at the end. The zinger at the end and the hang up right there. Well, 334-321-1390. Terry, we do appreciate you calling in as always. And speaking of the NBA Finals, you can catch every single game right here on ESPN 106.7, the national ESPN broadcast. Uh, tonight you have game four where Miami – I think they desperately need to win, boys. I think they need to win tonight and go back to Denver tied up because I just don't know if – if I, I still think it's Denver in six. I think the Heat win tonight, uh, and then I think it's tied in game five. I think the Nuggets will win that, and then I think Nuggets win in game six. But you can catch all those games here on ESPN 106.7. You can't count out play out playoff Jimmy. Jimmy Buckets, can't man. count him. He's got to have some man. help. He's got to have those oh, undrafted yeah. guys go off like they did against my Celtics. all those threes. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so – Graham and I have been over here trying to figure out what's the most pictures <laughs> in the game. <laughs> Tr- transitioning back to that for a second. Yeah, well, there's our stat. This is what we have. That's why we have Carter, and that's why we have Graham. I just love that. I just love that. Yeah, 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 the playoffs and stuff. Okay, so to this. <laughs> back to baseball stats. I did well, come across something very unique. Yeah, what would you guys dig up? Uh, well, he's saying 189. I don't have an official number on that, but poor uh, – Michael Castile pitching for Howard in 1997 gave up 24 runs, earned runs. Earned so runs, yeah. That means he's pitching for almost all of them. And he's going to be out at some point. That's he, gave an, up, he gave up 26 hits. That's an off day. <laughs> you don't say. Well, that's an off well, day. That's well, that's what you found. Graham, what you, what'd you find looking up some of these baseball stats? Yeah, so I, I couldn't find most strikes thrown. That's kind of what we were talking about right. on the break. But overall pitches, 189 pitches and eight and a third by an Arizona pitcher. Jeez. Dilks. And eight and a third. So, there's 189. 189 pitches and eight, eight innings. And what, what year was that? 1981. 1981 through 189 pitches. Here's a question. Let's see see if Jack knows this or if any of our callers happen to know this. Career strikeout leader in NCAA history. Who is it? And where did he play college baseball? Career strikeout leader. Kumar Rocker? No. No, 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 no. He pitched like three years, dude. Two or three years. Four, I guess, technically, because he came back. I know, but he struck out everyone. <laughs> yeah, he did. He he could absolutely shove it. Um, hmm. I'm assuming it's a starter. I mean, I don't know. I'm just looking oh, at the okay. names in the in the record book. Were we able to find the the stat and the question I was asking about the most strikes thrown in a game? That that's impossible. It's not possible to find that. 
it, no it automatically goes to strikeouts, like when you look it up on the internet. Yeah. So everything's about strikeouts versus pitches. That's thrown, unfortunate. So I Carter, I hope it's I hope it's something somebody like from you know the 1890s who they just called like <laughs> oh lefty brown was out there yeah, from 38 strikeouts in one game <laughs> no, no his, his career strikeouts in college baseball history he played from 1991 to 1994 that's my hint i will okay. give you okay we'll talk about it when we come back because i'm curious on what this is as well if you know the answer give us a call we'll finish up our baseball conversation want to talk blue chip ratio when we come back hey we're 30 minutes in on the friday edition of on the line Presented by the Orthopedic Clinic with locations in Auburn and Opelika to better serve you. Proverbs 217 says, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God? Hi, I'm Kevin Flanagan with The Daily Edge. I meet lots of people who tell me that when they were young, they were serious about their faith. But now over time, it's just become less intense. One of the reasons I work with business leaders to determine strategies to influence their corporate environments is because I believe there are many men and women in the workforce who have that same story. We're told the majority of salvation decisions are made by children, but adults need that spark from childhood rekindled. Teens and college students become, quote, too smart, unquote, for their parents' faith. However, as adults moving into the world of work, marriage, and family, they soon discover their easy anti-God answers leave them feeling pretty empty, lost, powerless, and floundering. This verse is specifically about a woman walking away from her commitment before God when she was younger and finding herself lost. We are all prone to that experience when we decide we are beyond that, quote, fairy tale stuff, unquote, and able to live by our own philosophy. As the smart alecky response says, how's that working for you? We all need to return to a simple faith with the profound truths from early in our story. Today, whether young or old, return to your first love. Revelation 2, 4, and 5 says, yes, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the right things you did at first. Now, go be the edge. My joints aren't what they used to be. Routine exercise, playing ball outside with the kids, riding bikes on vacation. I never worried about keeping up. But now, my joint pain has started slowing me down. I decided to make an appointment with the orthopedic clinic. Their surgical partners had the experience, technology, and personalized approach to care that I was looking for. Best of all, it was close to home. I'm thankful I chose the orthopedic clinic. Don't let joint pain slow you down. Visit theorthoclinic.com and schedule your appointment today. ESPN 1067 and the Orthopedic Clinic want to help you delight Dad on his day. Enter to win the world's most spendable Father's Day giveaway. One lucky dad, why not yours, will win a gift card bundle including a $100 Visa gift card. And to maximize his chances of getting to spend that, you can enter to win daily from now till June 14th at ESPNAU.com. Winner announced Friday, June 16th, just in time for Father's Day from the Orthopedic Clinic and ESPN 1067. Thompson Electric wants to thank everyone who voted during the Best of Auburn Opelika 2023. Voted Best Electrical Company. Thank you to the amazing customers and community for supporting Thompson Electric. Serving Lee County since 2005. Thompson Electric voted Best Electrical Company of 2023. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
30 minutes into hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds it at the back. He's Carter Bird. I'm Jacob Goetz. We're joined by Jack Cutton in studio, and we have we've just gone down the rabbit hole on baseball college stats, and it's fantastic. I've got Jack just flummoxed on this one. You do. So say the question again in case we have listeners that didn't hear it. We had Terry call in and give an answer that was incorrect. Career strikeout leader in NCAA history. In baseball. And Terry called in and said Ben McDonald, right? And that's who Terry which, said. That is Which incorrect. is what I thought, and it's not correct. He pitched from 1991 to 1994, and what we established during the break, it is in the SEC. And so you said 91 to 94, which makes me think, I believe that was the tenure of Greg Olson? Uh... It is not Greg Olson. You already guessed right. him. And during the I break. know, I know, but I was—that's what I was—that's what I was going over—is in the break. <laughs> Jack, you texted us a guess. Do you want to say that one and see if it's right? What did I even say? I can't remember. Jack is so flustered right now <laughs> that he can't tell you. Well, if any of our listeners know oh, the no, answer, because I figured out it wasn't him. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I, and then I, I think I guessed R. A. Dickey <laughs> from Tennessee. No, it is not him. Yeah. In his freshman year, in where in 101 innings, he had 121 strikeouts. His senior year, in 89 and a third, he had 130. Mm-hmm. So the career NCAA strikeout leader in baseball, we don't know the answer, and I don't think any of our listeners do. What's the answer, Carter? John Powell at Auburn from 1991 to 1994 with 602 strikeouts across four years. Good Wow. Lord. I mean, I, like I know the name. I didn't. I had no idea. Wow. I wouldn't have guessed it either. No. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. There's your, your I, trivia fact I knew for the day. Of, I knew of him. I just I didn't know he was the NCAA I career didn't know he was the, leader. I didn't know he was the leader. Yeah. Good I mean I knew gosh. I mean I knew he was I knew he was good, but dang, I didn't know he was I didn't know he was the career strikeout that leader in NCAA baseball. Some insane games yeah. in his sophomore his in the same season, his sophomore and junior year. I'm gonna see if I can find it now. So yeah, in other that's words, impressive. in other words, we can say that early '90s pitching for Auburn was just insane. Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. Well, there you go. There's your baseball fix and some great factoids that we were able to dig up talking about the Super Regionals going on right now and just going on different tangents. Uh, but do want to change gears a little bit. We have Jack Hutton in studio here for all of hour number one and an interesting topic that has been discussed on the Max Roundtable earlier in the week uh, was with Doug Amos, was talking about the article that came out in the rankings that came out from 247 on the blue chip ratio coming into 2023 for college football. And Carter, you do a really good job at describing what the blue chip ratio is um, and, and what it means for college football teams. And so before we get to the rankings, I want you to, if you would, tell, tell our listeners if they don't know what the blue chip is, what it is and what it means for college football. The blue chip ratio is the percentage of your roster that is made up of four and five star players considered blue chippers. So uh, like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State for the last four or five years have been right at the top. Um, But yeah, I mean, Auburn has been above 50% for a little bit. Um, and why does that 50% number matter so much? There has never been a na- – since they've tracked this stat, there's never been a national champion below 50% in the blue chip ratio, which I will say 
Actually, when you adjust apparently for transfers, mm-hmm. Auburn just dips below 50% for this upcoming year. Right, and that's what I want to talk about, and we'd love to hear from you, our listeners, 334-321-1390. You look at the rankings for 2023, they rank it all the teams that get in, uh, they're at or above 50%, and you start at the top and work your way down, Alabama at 90%, and again, these are blue chip recruits over the last four classes. And Alabama's at 90%, Ohio State 85%, Georgia 77%, A&M, Texas A&M 73%, Clemson 72 LSU 71 Texas at 70 Oklahoma at 70 Oregon at 67 Notre Dame at 65%, Florida at 64%, University of Miami at 61%, Penn State 55 Michigan 54 USC 52%, and as Carter mentioned, the last team to get above 50% coming into 2023 in the blue chip ratio is Auburn at 51%. When you scroll down farther, though, mm-hmm. you get the the numbers when you take into account transfers. And this one's interesting to me. Auburn just dips below to 47%. Um, several teams. Everybody takes a decent hit in the transfer portal, except for Michigan, who goes from fifty-four to fifty-five percent. And Georgia stayed flat at seventy-seven percent. Yes, they are. They are right at that seventy-seven percent. But Alabama's at a stupid number. I mean, forty-one percent between Auburn and Alabama is a reason why it's going to be very difficult regardless that Auburn plays Alabama at home for the Iron Bowl for Auburn to pull that upset off. I still think they can. I still think they can. I think Auburn has undervalued transfer portal additions that may not be four stars in the rankings that may play like four stars and or better. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. Is I think you have guys who have developed themselves at other schools now to where – they are going to play like four stars would if you had recruited them as four stars out of out of high school. I think you've got guys like that who are who are going to be that good. So um yeah, I mean I can see that happening. But I do think it's interesting how the talk within the national media, I mean, anything you hear is that Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, I mean, those are the teams that are on top. And isn't it interesting? how you've got, I think it's Texas A&M close to the top up there. You've got LSU, you've got Texas. I mean, these are schools that are close, but they're still not They're still not getting over the hump. I mean, you know, you you look at a school really like even like Clemson, who has kind of dipped in the previous years, Oklahoma, Oregon, Notre Dame, those are all schools that are above that 60% threshold. So, you know, it's, it's almost like you can't fully go off of it because who's the hottest team in the country right now? It's Georgia. And they've got the third – highest blue chip ratio at 23 percent or uh 13 percent behind alabama percentage wise right and so there's a there's some sort of line to where you get to to where it's plausible to have this dynasty um but once you get to that line it's a crapshoot it seems Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i think that that's fair i think you can get the blip year where somebody uh like 2019 lsu without being at that crazy high mark can win a championship but the teams that sustain, that make the playoff year in and year out, we've got a new tier. It's almost like a platinum chip tier here of teams at 75% or higher. I'm going to, I would have said 80% last year because all three of these teams were above 80%. I'm lowering it because Georgia is 
at 77%, and they're still 10% over anybody else uh, outside of Ohio State and Alabama because A&M, well, I guess, I guess Clemson at 70%. But how about uh, that A&M roster looks a lot less scary, by the way, when you start yeah. to do two account mm-hmm. transfers. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the the transfer the difference when you look at the graphics on two four seven and this is a fantastic article if you've yet to to check it out I highly recommend that you do if you have uh, the two four seven subscription but Elliot put it out uh, a few days ago you look at the comparisons of the blue chip ratio without transfers and then when you add in the transfers and yeah Auburn takes uh, a significant hit one of the lowest at four percent dip a uh, and m like you mentioned a seven percent dip with transfers Oklahoma eight percent Miami eight percent like those are some serious numbers that that you lose and so for Auburn in particular the fact that a, they're still above 50%, which is where Auburn should always be, right? Auburn should always be above 50%. But, but they aren't above 50% when you look at the whole roster. Right, and that's what I'm saying is we, we've talked about this just as everybody else has. That is where and how bad it got at the end of Malzahn's era and when Brian Harson was here is the fact that Auburn should never be outside of 50% blue chip ratio when you get when you sign four and five stars. You should never be that if you're Auburn. And and Auburn's gonna be back above it next year. Right. But they're not right now. And so I and, think that's what is important for Auburn fans to realize is Yes, Hugh Freeze has done some serious work in recruiting in the transfer portal, but when you see this team in 2023 go up against the likes of Alabama, who's at 88%, and Georgia, who's at 81%, and Texas A&M, who's at 67%, and LSU, 66%, Auburn is significantly less talented than these teams when it comes to just pure ratings-wise. be interesting to see that number spread over offense versus defense. And so where do you have a blue-chip ratio for your offensive players, if you're Auburn, where do you have them for your defensive players? Is it, you know, a severe difference in numbers on a different part of the line of scrimmage? Because maybe you've got this, you know, 80% blue chip ratio on defense, and then your offensive blue chip ratio is like 30%. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see where those numbers line up. I don't know if that's on there. I, I don't think, think it I, is. I think if you looked at it, I mean, if you... You could find it, I'm sure. I bet you it's... It might it might skew a hair towards offense right now for mm-hmm. Auburn. Just I think, kind of just, agree. Just thinking about it because think about just the transfers you brought in. You brought in two four-star receivers, mm-hmm. a four-star tight end, three four-star offensive linemen. I mean, I mean, that's six of your 11 four-stars right there just off the top of my head. Actually, you brought in three four-star receivers because Caleb Burton is listed there as well. That's seven of your 11 four-stars mm-hmm. in the transfer portal. I would be tempted to say right now that it might lean heavier. I Like, had you asked me... Had you asked me two months ago, I would have said, oh, defense. Because yeah. it just feels like it's been that way forever. Probably part of that's because Gus Malzahn and Brian Harson. Their offenses were awful at the end of their tenures. Um, don't even get me started on 2019, where mm-hmm. Auburn had a chance. They had a historically great Auburn defense that they squandered because they could not score points. Not historically great Auburn defense. They had a historically great college football defense. 
Well, yes, yeah, but I'm I'm being conservative here because. But your point is still remains they, that 2019 defense isn't really remembered in Auburn history, much less college football history, mm-hmm. and that's because your offensive genius head coach couldn't go score points mm-hmm. when Derek Brown is eating people's faces and and strip like Florida game that D line. The multiple fumbles, multiple fumble recoveries, the sacks, everything that was happening. That's the most dominant game I've seen by an interior of the Auburn defensive line ever. Yeah. And you didn't score enough points to win the daggum game because the defense is on the field forever. And then eventually they're gassed. And K.J. Britt just doesn't bring his arms in the hole trying to make a tackle on LaMichael Le- Pirine, and he's gone for 80 yards. Which happens. Running back who, a running back happens. who runs a 4-7-40 mm-hmm. has an 80-yard touchdown run. That doesn't happen if your defense isn't on the field for 45 minutes of a game. And if Derek Brown doesn't trip over the 40-yard line oh. and takes in for a touchdown, I think he was going to get run down. I know, but I, I, I <laughs> still think he could have gotten close enough to score some points on the drive. Yeah, I mean, it, if, He could have taken it to the one. <laughs> I mean, he could have put it on the one. He could have stopped and put it on the one-yard line and said, all right, offense, here you go, they wouldn't have scored. I mean, if your quarterback doesn't throw three interceptions. I went back and watched the film on that game, too, and, like, I think on at least two of them, he had for sure touchdown checkdowns that he he just forced the ball into a bad spot. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah. – it it that yeah that that season man that that was just brutal but I think it's an interesting question you bring up Jack with the blue chip ratio if you could split it between between offense and defense and for Auburn when you take in the transfers coming into 23 again they're at 47 percent and look not that Auburn's going to win the national championship this year I think we can all agree that that is more than likely not going to happen I'll leave that open just in case it does but just below 50 percent because of the transfers, they go from 51 to 47. I think we're all in agreement that the transfers that have come in for Auburn football and Hugh Freeze, I think they're being undervalued. I think that's the word you used earlier, Carter. I think they're being undervalued. And I think they're going to bring more to this team than people realize. And that's why I think you said it too, Jack, where numbers don't tell the whole story. Rankings don't say it all, right? And I think I think Auburn is going to be better than people think. They're going to have more talent than people think. But it's still going to be tough to compete with the eighty-eight percent and Feels the eighty-one percent. Auburn the world. basketballist right now, doesn't it? Yeah, that Auburn basketball team is getting no slept doubt. on, which is even right worse now. than football right now. Well, yeah, getting yeah, slept because, on because wise. Auburn's going to win the SEC in basketball. Auburn's going to be a Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight team, and Auburn can't crack a top twenty-five right now in the way too early top twenty-fives. But Kentucky is with seven dudes. Let them let them hate, man. That's what I say for basketball. I think it was interesting. You you said a little bit earlier. You said something about how numbers don't tell the whole story, and I think that's correct. I think to to kind of take that and and mold it to this. I think the the right numbers can tell the right story, but you don't always get like. To me, when I'm looking at this, I see blue chip ratio. That's across the whole team. Okay, maybe I've got an elite defense, but maybe my offense is terrible. So. It's it's the fact that I got my defense can win a national championship right now if I trot them out there, but I've got to do something about the offense, and that's where I think the the whole story can come in when you start looking deeper into these numbers and, and start breaking that down. So I think the right numbers can tell the right story. By the way, um, I need to amend my statement earlier. Apologies to Brian Batty, who I did not list as what four star transfer on the offense. So eight of your eleven 
four-star transfers are offensive guys. Interesting. But yet, Auburn went down because of transfers. Defense. It's because, okay, I think think when you look at your 11 four-star transfers in, 10 three-star transfers in, Mm -hmm. I think when you combine that with maybe what left the roster, I don't know exactly how 247 is doing the math. You had Dylan Brooks leave. So that's a four-star on the defense. Yeah, Imba leaves for another mm-hmm. four-star. And then you have three stars come in. I think Austin Keys with a three-star out of uh, out of high school. I think that's right. Yes, yes, he was. Okay. Well, well I'm, I'm looking at their transfer, and, and maybe the blue-chip ratio doesn't, doesn't account for their transfer range. It may be doing it out of high school. It probably is. I bet that's I what it's guess. doing, actually. And that's yeah. why it's going down, because I still think it would go up. Because... Everybody you had leave, everybody who left was a three-star out of high school or maybe a four-star junior college guy like Imba, but they, there were three-star transfers, and you only you brought in over 50%. I don't know. That's fascinating. Yeah. With the, receivers, the receivers you bring in, Jair Shorter, Shane Hooks, I mean, those guys are at the very best three-stars out of high school, right? probably yeah. i mean yeah. I, and i'm not looking at that but probably right. yeah shorter i just was, shorter was a three-star a three-star tight end coming out of high school oh mm-hmm. fairweather couldn't have been a, a huge name no 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 I, I just think it's i think auburn is getting in the in the numbers wise when it comes to transfers i think auburn's getting the short end of it because i think they brought in some really really good transfers we got to get to our final break here in hour number one we'll come back wrap it up jack hudden with us for the next few minutes stay tuned though at three o'clock trey wallace who covers the sec for outkick joins us that's all coming up here on the friday edition of on the line this is billy Plummer here one of the owners of apex pest solutions i just wanted to thank everyone who voted for apex pest solutions for best pest control of 2023 we couldn't have done it without the amazing auburn opelika community and our loyal customers apex pest solutions voted best pest control of 2023 your next success begins with university of maryland global campus for more than 75 years umgc has been giving working adults the affordable accredited online education you need to reach the future you want Because the path to success is different for everyone, we offer more than 125 undergraduate and graduate degrees and certificates, along with personalized support and lifetime career services. Our 100% online and hybrid courses let you learn in the way that fits your schedule. No-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, affordable tuition, and financial resources make UMGC accessible. You know what it feels like to succeed? We'll help you succeed again. Get started on your education this summer. Online undergraduate courses start June 14th. Programs available in many of today's most in-demand fields, including business, cyber, healthcare, and more. Gain the career-relevant skills you need to reach your goals. Learn more at umgc.edu. Certified to operate by CHEV. This is David Hedges, President and CEO of Auburn Bank. On behalf of our team, I'd like to thank our loyal customers and friends for voting Auburn Bank best bank and best mortgage lender for Auburn Network's 2023 Best of Auburn Opelika. For 116 years, our mission has been to promote the community and improve the livelihoods of local citizens. We appreciate your confidence and trust. Auburn Bank, Champions of You, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
Thompson Electric wants to thank everyone who voted during the Best of Auburn Opelika 2023. Voted Best Electrical Company. Thank you to the amazing customers and community for supporting Thompson Electric. Serving Lee County since 2005. Thompson Electric voted Best Electrical Company of 2023. David Franklin and the team at Franklin Tire and Auto would like to thank everyone who voted Franklin Tire and Auto as the best auto body shop, best tire shop, and best auto service in Auburn Network's 2023 Best of Auburn Opelika promotion. Franklin Tire and Auto has been proudly serving Auburn Opelika since 1970. Find them online at franklinautoinc.com. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up the first hour here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I think we have conclusively figured out that blue chip ratio with transfers is still done off high school high school rankings because mm-hmm. the math doesn't add up otherwise. Auburn That's- had seven high school four-stars transfer out and three Come in. Yeah. I think it's three, or was it four? It's three or four. But still, that would account it's, for it's your lower difference. than than seven or eight, whatever it was. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I just don't think I don't think Auburn got worse based off their transfers, talent wise. I just I refuse to believe it believe it. Whether the numbers say they did or not, I refuse to believe it. I mean, look, uh Austin Keys, Larry Nixon, Peyton Thorne, I think are all underrated. I mean, Jalen McLeod. I mean, I think those yeah. four right off the bat are underrated based on their transfer ranking of a three-star right now. I mean, I think Auburn made some great moves. Uh, oh, you also lost Desmond T- Tisdall. I forgot about him. So, yeah, so, so that's eight four-stars transferring out. Uh, I mean, I think Auburn Auburn's pieces fit better than people realize. I mean, I would say the hot take I have right now is I think the worst transfer you took was Lawrence Johnson, and I still think he's going to be a very solid solid tra- depth, like piece. depth piece yeah. on the on the D-line. I mean, maybe Nick Martiner because he's going to get caught up in the wash of all these other receivers you brought in with him. And so maybe that. I mean, those – and but those two guys are going to get on the field in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you got – Mosiah Nasili Kite, I think, is going to be. I think he was probably a three star out of high school. Yes, and he was a four star transfer. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, I, that's what I think. I, I mean, I think you're bringing in more talent than numbers are. If you numbers are playing out here, I guess they're doing that because they don't have every kid rated in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Like DJ Finley still has a high school rating. If yeah. you if you look at his page, uh, and not a transfer rating. So does Colby Smith. Colby Smith is actually a three-star. I could have sworn. 247 is lying to me. 247 <laughs> is lying to me. Shout him out, man. <laughs> it says that he's a three-star, but I clicked on his profile. He's a four-star. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, again, I just I refuse to believe it that Auburn got worse because of transfers. They didn't. No, 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 no. They, they absolutely did not. Talent-wise. I've talked about this before. If nothing else... I've talked about this this phenomenon with Gus Malzahn. A lot of empty calorie four stars on that team <laughs> that were great in the rankings but never touched the field. No doubt. 
the three and four stars coming in are not empty calorie for three and four stars. No doubt about that. Jack Cutton, always good to have you in studio, brother. Yeah, we appreciate you. Appreciate it, guys. Stay tuned. Trey Wallace of Outkick joins us when we come back. Individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now. 800-687-5192. That's 800-687-5192. U.S. Tax Shield. 800 Right near you, there's something big happening. Seniors from all over Lee and Russell counties are gathering at senior centers and having a great time. With activities and hot meals provided by the Lee Russell Council of Governments, there are eight senior centers throughout our area. One close to you in Auburn, Opelika, Beulah, Bochapoca, Smith Station, Hertzboro, Phoenix City, and Fort Mitchell. If you're lonely or need a break, visit a senior center. It can be a game changer for people age 60 and over. Open Monday through Friday, 9 to 1, having activities, a nutritious hot meal, exercise, information, and fellowship with other older adults may be just what you need to brighten your days. Transportation is free from your home and back by LRPT. Just call ahead to schedule. There's so much good happening at senior centers. Find out how you or a senior you care about can participate. Or you can volunteer. Call Lee Russell Council of Governments, 334-749-5264. Enjoy an art-filled evening of fun. Auburn Summer Night Downtown Art Walk is Friday, June 9th, 6 till 10 p.m., rain or shine, with local and regional artists, live music by Eda Peach, street performers, kids' activities, great food, and extended shopping hours. That's Friday, June 9th. Summer Night is a free downtown entertainment district event hosted by Auburn Parks and Rec, Jan Dempsey Community Arts Center, Auburn Downtown Merchant, St. Dunstan Church, and the Auburn Arts Association. Details at auburnsummernight.org. The team at Rich's Car Wash thanks its customers for voting them best car wash in Auburn Network's Best of Auburn Opelika promotion. Join the Unlimited Wash Club today for a clean ride all the time. Visit their Auburn or Opelika location online at richescarwash.com. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. 
Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two of the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. With me, as always, is Carter Byrne. Big thanks to Jack Hutton, who joined us in the first hour. Good buddy of ours, talking lots of baseball, some interesting stats. Got into the blue chip ratio rankings for college football as well. Uh, was a really, really good hour. And so if you missed any of that, you can catch up with the podcast later on today. Just go to ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be commercial free right after the show today. But excited to have Trey Wallace, who covers the SEC for OutKick, joining us on the phone lines to start off our number two. Trey, it's good to hear from you, man. It's been a, it's been a minute and hope you're doing well. I am doing great, man. It's, uh, it's been a crazy few weeks uh, since I last joined the show. So it's... Uh, it's good to be on with you guys as we head into Super Regional Weekend and NCAA baseball. I hate the Auburn Tigers aren't in it, but it should be some uh, some good some good ball being played this weekend. Speaking of of Super Regional Weekend, how about that first game? And is is that going to be indicative of what we see the rest of this weekend? I mean, I I, I think so. I mean, what a win for for Duke to come out and and get the opening round in, in Charlottesville and especially for them the way that they did it. I think overall, you're going to see, like, I think it's going to be a long weekend. I think this thing stretches, like, into Monday, maybe Tuesday for one reason. There's rain all over the southeast. Um, you know, I think the, the Hattiesburg regional is going to get hit by it. I think Gainesville is going to have problems. Uh, probably Baton Rouge as well with Kentucky. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Like, this is, uh, you know, for a lot of people – uh, this is the best time of year. It just depends on if you like the sport or not. And, and I think that, you know, um, what we're going to get is, is there's a number of teams in here that I think can win it all. And, and, and you know, it, it's college baseball. I got into it, to be honest with you guys, I got into it about, I don't know, nine years ago. And uh, and I've been hooked since. And, uh, you know, what we saw, you know, I, I, Auburn came out and just played bad last week at times. They just couldn't. You know, with hits and whatnot and, and the pitching, uh, just kind of felt like Southern Miss got them at the right time. Um, but, man, it's just um, I, I hope we get crazy games like we got to start today. And tonight we'll get TCU and Indiana State and then South Carolina, Florida, and Oral Roberts and Oregon. So uh, it's going to be a cozy little night. Trey, you, you brought it up, and so I want you to help our, our listeners, our Auburn fans, Deal yeah. with what happened last weekend. Is this season, because, I mean, after the A&M and Alabama series, like, Auburn was dead in the water. It was going to be a miracle if they made it to Hoover. And then to host a regional, but to go 0-2 in a barbecue. Is this is this a successful season, or, or does that bad taste in the mouth kind of ruin things? Look, you have to realize where Auburn was, and you just hit it. Where Auburn was at a certain point in this year, I mean, they made a run to the NCAA tournament. Um, this team was, in my eyes, they were dead in the water uh, for a while. And, and, and for them, you know, what happened? They, they, 
They started connecting on some hits, scored some runs. They handled the pitching rotation really well. I think that, you know, they ran into a buzzsaw that is Southern Miss, I think, this past weekend. Southern Miss is a damn good baseball team. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll give Tennessee a hell of a fight. Uh, over the next three to four days in Hattiesburg. But I think, I think you have to look at it as, as successful. I mean, look at all the other teams that are out right now. You know, I mean, hell, Vanderbilt's out. Um, you know, and I can go on and on and on about other teams that, that, that didn't make it this far. But I'm just saying in, in general, I think we're where they were, let's just say a month and a half ago compared to where they were. I don't know, to end the season. I think it was night and day, you know? So I'm, I'm interested to see how they could build upon that for next year. And Trey, when you look at last weekend's results and you look at the matchups coming up this weekend in the Super Regional, SEC and outside of it as well, what are some of the storylines in the teams that have made it this far that have really caught your eye that you've been covering for OutKick? Are you t- oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking about baseball? You cut out there just for a second. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, just results from last weekend and then the, the matchups coming up this weekend, just things that, that have caught your eye. Well, the fact that we get South Carolina, Florida, uh, we're going to get that series again starting tonight. Uh, it's going to be a hostile environment in Gainesville. I'm really looking forward to that after they played earlier in the season. Um, and, and, you know, Alabama Wake Forest. I know there's not a lot of Alabama fans around right here, and I get it. But Alabama <laughs> Wake Forest, can this team? And you have to think about it this way. You have to give credit to those players who a month and a half ago, guys, their coach was fired for betting on baseball. Yep. And the fact that that team stayed together um, and, and is, has an opportunity to go to Winston-Salem against Wake Forest and potentially advance to the College World Series – yeah, you know, you got to give a hat tip to Alabama, and and, and I do. I, I think that's a really cool story for them uh, and what they've been able to turn around. And, you know, you look at, you know, I, I'm interested in Kentucky LSU. Uh, I got to, we got to see them play about a month ago. There was a series uh, down in Baton Rouge with Kentucky. Kentucky put up a hell of a fight. They won one game down there. Um, can they go down there and win a series? Can they get to Paul Skeens, one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher in college baseball? Uh, that one stands out to me. And then the other one is Tennessee and Southern Miss. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, Tennessee came up short with a team that was full. Of, Tennessee last year was like the NWO of, 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 of college baseball. This year, it's kind of settled down a little bit. You know, there's not many headlines about Tennessee doing crazy things and whatnot. And we won't get into them because some of them are PG rated. But. I think you've got a baseball team that, that's starting to find their way, starting to get hot. I don't think they've peaked yet. I don't even think they've played their base, best baseball yet. Um, but if they go to Southern Miss, grab two wins down there, man, what a what an interesting little turnaround that is for a team last year that probably should have won the national championship. And then you have a team this year with a completely different lineup after losing nine players. Uh, if they make it, man, that'd be one hell of a story as well. Trey, you brought up Alabama and what they've done since Brad Bohannon got fired. In your mind, is it enough for Jason Jackson to get that interim tag taken away and become the head coach at Alabama? Yeah, I mean, I like personally, I I think it it should. You know what I mean? I I think he's done enough. Um, But it's all dependent on what Greg Byrne wants to do with the money that he has to spend. 
Um, do you want to go out and do you want to get try to get a prominent coach to come into a, a, a program like Alabama who has the facilities? You got the baseball stadium. Uh, you can recruit to Alabama. Um, you know, do you try to go out there and swing for the fences or do you take a chance on the interim who's been around the program, who knows it, knows the recruiting, um, and, and go with it that way? It's such a hard decision. You know, it, 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 it's really hard because, you know, you know the players love him. Uh, you know that he has been around that program for so long that he knows the ins and outs of Alabama baseball. But it's also a business. And you've got to come up with the best strategy when it comes to having success on the field long term. Because it feels like right now, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like right now Alabama is riding a high off of what has happened over the past, let's just say, you know, two months. And I think that, you know, if it comes to an end in Winston-Salem, you got a hard decision to make. But I feel like, look, I, I feel like he's done enough. Is that enough for Greg Byrne? That's a whole other story. Right, and, and, and you mentioned it earlier. You got to give credit where it's due to to Alabama and the program, the players, the coaches that are still there, uh, and just the yeah. job that they've done. And, and if they do lose against Wake Forest this weekend, you cannot be disappointed at all. We're talking with Trey Wallace, who covers the SEC for Outkick as we get underway here in hour number two. Want to change gears on you a little bit, Trey? Before uh, we let you go, the scheduling yeah. conversation uh, for SEC <laughs> football. We've yet to get your thoughts on all of this craziness. We had. SEC meetings a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we have the results for 2024 when Oklahoma and Texas come to the conference. You have your eight-game schedule, and then they will uh, come together and try to figure out what in the world is going to happen in the future. But your thoughts on the eight-game schedule and what it could look like in 25 and beyond in the SEC? I think, just straight up about the schedule, I think they bought. I think they're waiting to see if they or ESPN flinches first when it comes to that additional 5 to $7 million per team per year, and then they'll go to a nine-game schedule. Um, I think that, yeah, is there an information that's lacking? Sure there is. Like, we don't know what the committee's going to do with the 12-team playoff and how they're going to, you know, gauge the strength of schedule of some teams. But here's my point. The SEC's been running this type of schedule for a while now. Doesn't seem to be a problem. Uh, you've won the past two national championships. Technically, what? That's one, two, three. Three out of the last four national championships you've won. Um, you, you had two teams in, you know, uh, 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 a year and a half ago, two years ago. Like, I'm just saying, like, this is this is something where, where it, it hurts the fans. You know, I get agitated for the fans when I look at a schedule and they've got, I don't know, let's just say third week of September or first week of November, they've got Auburn versus UT Martin or Auburn versus Austin P or or Alabama versus Austin P or Tennessee versus uh, uh, UTEP. Like, it, it, it just, you're hurting your fans and the money that they are spending on season tickets when you go and look and I give a lot of credit to Alabama and a couple other schools for doing this. Alabama went to Austin, played Texas last year. Okay? Now they have a return trip. Texas is going to play at Alabama. That's a huge matchup. I give credit to Auburn. Auburn, last year, hosted Penn State. Year before that, went up to Happy Valley. I want to see more of that. 
I want to see, and, and they don't have to be big schools. I'm not talking about, you know, a Penn State-Auburn matchup, but give me Penn State, you know, I'm sorry, give me Auburn versus Iowa, Auburn versus Illinois, something out of conference, more than the, because these games, man, I know that they're they're gimme games for the schedule, and I get that part of it. But man, they're 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 taking away from the fans. The fans are having to pay full season ticket prices, and you're getting these FCS, these crappy games thrown in there. And sometimes it's just not worth it. It's not worth traveling. You know, if if you don't live near the Auburn area or Knoxville or Tuscaloosa, man, it's not worth traveling to go watch them play an exhibition game for the first half and sitting out in the hot sun. Right. Um, I, I, I just think that – I just think – I feel like if, when the SEC goes to nine games, you're helping the season ticket holder as well. And I think it has to be about the fans. It's got to be about the experience that you're watching at home as well. Because, um, hell, I report on this stuff. I'm not paying attention to Auburn versus Austin P or Alabama versus UT Martin. I don't care. I'll watch it. The game is somehow close in the fourth quarter, but overall just don't care. So I think what we're going to see in two years, I think you're going to, you're going to see Oklahoma and Texas join the conference. They're going to play that, that eight game schedule. I think by the third year, maybe even the second year, but I say by the third year, we go complete nine game schedule. I think what this is going to be, it's kind of like a landing strip. For Oklahoma and Texas. Okay, get into the conference. We'll have this eight-game schedule kind of hooked up here for you guys. We'll get get you acclimated, and then we're going nine games. Like, that's how we're going to do it. And if ESPN's not on board to give more money, so be it. The SEC is going to have to do it anyways. But I'm very interested to see what they do with the rivalry games. Uh, they're going to announce this uh, June 17th, I think, is the show date. Uh, that they're going to announce the 24 schedule. And I think there's going to be some fan bases that are a little agitated because some of these secondary rivalries, like Auburn-Georgia. Right. Like, you know, I think that hangs around this year, but it ain't hanging around next year. Uh, You know what I mean? After Mm -hmm. the schedule gets released, 24. Um, But I think, you know, you play it every other year. And so, you know, you got to take care of the primary rivalries, which is Auburn-Alabama. Um, which is Tennessee, Alabama, uh, which is, you know, Georgia's got to play Florida. So I think, you know, you're going to take care of those. I think down the road, those secondary games that mean so much are the one that's going to take the hit. So I'm very interested to see what the Southeastern Conference does here in a couple of weeks with this first round of schedules. Well, Trey, you had some some interesting thoughts and your prediction of a nine-game schedule. Uh, we know what runs all of this. It's the dollar sign, uh, but eventually somebody yeah. has to give, and, and we'll see what the results are, and we'll see what rivalries are 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 saved and which ones will kind of have to go to the wayside. But Trey Wallace, who covers the SEC for OutKick, uh, we are very, very fortunate for him to be joining us here in our number one. We appreciate you as always, Trey. I hope all is well. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and all the fantastic work you're doing right right now yeah you can follow me on twitter at trey wallace underscore same for instagram if you want to follow instagram whatever i put my stories up on there as well follow all the work at outkick.com and we're just continuing to roll on i always appreciate coming on with you guys it's always a great time you uh continue doing the great work and 
Have a wonderful weekend, guys. Thank you, you so much. You too, it, Trey. Trey. You have a great weekend. It's always good to talk to you again. That is Trey Wallace, who covers the SEC for OutKick. Just go to OutKick.com or look up Trey Wallace OutKick, and you'll find all of his fantastic work. And so we appreciate him joining us here to start off our number two. And uh, when we come back, we have some Auburn basketball news to break to you if you've yet mm-hmm. to hear it. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We'll break the news to you when we come back. Roger Good here with Workout Anytime. The entire staff and I would like to thank you, the Auburn Opelika community, for voting for us the best gym for 2023. We couldn't do it without our amazing team and support from the community. Thank you for trusting us. Workout Anytime, best gym 2023. Oh, man, if that's the last thing I needed, a tree through the roof. Now I'm going to have to find someone to get the tree off the house and the roof fixed. I hope your insurance covers this. I do, too. Do you actually know if you're fully covered? Don't wait until it's too late after something happens to find out that you're underinsured. The Brown Insurance Agency is here to make sure that you understand your policy and that you and your family are protected. Call Lance Brown at the Brown Insurance Agency at 334-758-0088. Lance Brown is located at 3051 Frederick Road in Opelika. Auburn University Credit Union would like to say thank you for everyone who voted AUCU for Best Auto Loan and Best Credit Union in the Best of Auburn Opelika promotion. Auburn University Credit Union, finance with family. Visit myaucu.org. Thompson Electric wants to thank everyone who voted during the Best of Auburn Opelika 2023. Voted Best Electrical Company. Thank you to the amazing customers and community for supporting Thompson Electric. Serving Lee County since 2005. Thompson Electric voted Best Electrical Company of 2023. David Franklin and the team at Franklin Tire and Auto would like to thank everyone who voted Franklin Tire and Auto as the Best Auto Body Shop, Best Tire Shop, and best auto service in Auburn Network's 2023 Best of Auburn Opelika promotion. Franklin Tire and Auto has been proudly serving Auburn Opelika since 1970. Find them online at franklinautoinc.com. ESPN 1067 and the Orthopedic Clinic want to help you delight Dad on his day. Enter to win the world's most spendable Father's Day giveaway. One lucky dad, why not yours, will win a gift card bundle including a $100 Visa gift card. And to maximize his chances of getting to spend that, you can enter to win daily from now till June 14th at ESPNAU.com. Winner announced Friday, June 16th, just in time for Father's Day from the Orthopedic Clinic and ESPN 1067. are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, breaking news here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Uh, We thank Trey Wallace for his time and all of his wonderful insights on the SEC baseball, Super Regionals, also the scheduling conversation for college football. We know uh, how how big of a conversation that's been over over the last month or so. But breaking news during that interview for Auburn basketball – Seems like they have filled out the roster for 2023 as they pick up a JUCO transfer forward, four slash five, if you will, 
Adarren Scott has committed to Auburn. He is the 11th scholarship player for 2023 and 2024. He's a native of Dallas. He is six foot nine, and he played at Navarro College in Texas. And the past two years, he averaged nine points per game and 53% shooting and seven rebounds a game. And Carter, we were discussing during the break um, what type of player he is and what he brings to this Auburn roster. Uh, but again, Auburn fills out the roster for what we believe, and it is JUCO forward Darren Scott, the JUCO transfer. Your thoughts? I mean, I think that this is a solid pickup because you you needed, we had talked about Auburn needing to go get another um, another post. And so going to get a post um, in a Darren Scott here, I think it's a solid pickup because he's, he can be your third five and your third four. Uh, if those guys ever get in foul trouble, and it may give you some flexibility that you can try some lineups out where you've got Jalen Williams and Chaney Johnson on the court at the same time, where Chaney Johnson's playing a little bit of the three. I I like the pickup, a guy who, I mean, the stats aren't going to blow you away. I know some people out there are very meh about it because apparently they wanted a 19-point-per-game guy to come in as the third center, which is just not realistic. Uh, but 6.4 points per game, uh, 4.8 rebounds. I mean, he he is what you need him to be. He's better than Stretch Akingbola. That's basically all. He, look, he's better than Stretch, and he's better than Yohan. That's all you need to know, really, is he's an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, he's a 55.6% field goal guy. He's a pretty decent three-point shooter at 35.3%. You'll take that. You'll, on this team, now, you'll take that. We're going to have a painful conversation about the free throw line. Yeah. Because it is. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> about as bad as I've seen by somebody who's not Shaq. Yeah. This, 43.2% let know. at the free throw line is tough to see. Do you have his attempts? Like how many, uh, how many actual free throws he attempted on that uh, percentage? He was 16 of 37 on the year. That is... Uh, He's 6 of 17 from 3. He was almost as good from 3 as he is at the free throw line. How is that possible? I don't know. The the You know who was very similar to that for a couple years? Made no sense. Um, is um, John Petty at Alabama. Yeah, you're who was, right. Who was 40% from 3, but like 60% at the line. And yeah. It was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Well, then he, I think he fixed it at the end of his mm-hmm. career. Yeah. Well, that's just a lack of focus thing to me. Lack of focus, uh, whatever. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. I've, I've gotten called out for saying Auburn doesn't practice free throws. So, <laughs> I mean, look. When well, it, they went and added a bunch of guys who can shoot the free throw besides, besides our a, friend a Darren from Scott. Dallas, Texas, <laughs> who went to <laughs> N- Navarro College, by the way, which you know what they're famous for. That Netflix cheerleading show. Really? Yeah. I, they're like a, I didn't are, know that. They are like the, one of the, these, these wildly like chaotic, super ridiculous cheerleading schools. Do you know that because you watched those? No, I did not watch the show. I just saw the promo for it, and somebody happened to mention it to me yesterday when I knew this this guy was announcing. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that happens interesting okay i didn't know that but there you go the more you know about uh navarro college in texas uh but looking at a darren scott he's, com- 
he I I I I do want to mention this one last thing. Yeah. He's pretty good defensive player. I think he was the defensive MVP for his district in junior college. Uh 24 blocks last year, 11 steals in 30 games, which is worth mentioning. Okay. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, I look, you look at his stats, they're not going to blow you away. Nope. And he look, he's not a starter. He's not your second rotation. He is a like you put it, he is a developmental future guy a depth piece at the four slash five where he cannot compete with the guys on the roster right now but down the road or if injuries happen you have somebody else to go to who can shoot the ball halfway decent unless he's at the free throw line yes uh i'll I'll say this if you're upset about this addition tell me who you would have gotten that's better because it doesn't exist. Especially at this point in the in the cycle. At this point in the cycle, you're a guy that you're telling him, Hey, you're probably gonna be third the third four and the third five. You're gonna be a roaming fifth postman. That's like that's a really tough sell to have somebody come in that is significantly better than a Darren Scott. Which is why you go and get a JUCO guy who will appreciate the opportunity, will more than likely come in and work extremely hard, and will do what it takes to put the time in, understand that he's not a starter coming in, and he can be that down the road. And so... I think with with this commitment, and again, if you're just now tuning in, uh, Auburn basketball picks up the JUCO forward commit of Darren Scott. Uh, he just committed about 10 or 15 minutes ago. Uh, he fills the 11th scholarship spot for Auburn basketball in 23 and 24. Six foot nine, so he's got some height. He's one of the taller guys on the team um, now, and. I think that is important. Uh, and again, last year he averaged nine points, 53% shooting, and seven rebounds. And you know what? If he comes in off the bench, whether he plays the four or plays the five, I think originally when I look at this, I look at him as more of a smaller five than than the fours just because of who Auburn brought in at the four spot. And Carter, you can, you can disagree or if our listeners want to as well. But I look at him as the third string center. Behind, yes. behind Jani Broom and, and Dylan Cardwell, and, and so and he he's your third string four, your third string five, and he may give you some flexibility where you can be a little comfortable for of him eating some minutes at the four, where you can run a lineup with Jalen Williams and Chaney Johnson out there at the same time running the three and four. And you could be really big in those lineups. You could be huge mm-hmm. if you if you ran a group out there like that. Couple of notes here about uh, about a Darren Scott he has two years of eligibility. So you look at this year as that developmental year. You look at next year as I would think a significant role player, unless he just takes a huge leap and becomes great which could obviously happen Uh, but two years of eligibility and he is fun fact he's the second juco pickup this season or this offseason with chad baker mazara who i think is going to be a great shooter Mm -hmm. and and i tell you what i love the early things i've heard about chaney johnson i've heard chaney johnson and chad baker mazara might be really good, might be a problem for the rest of the SEC. And that's okay. That's a good problem. Look at the – I want you to look at this. I've also been told that his name is pronounced 
Adarin. It is Adarin. Okay. Well, my apologies then. My apologies. We didn't know. We didn't. No. And so it's Adarin Scott. Okay. Well, my apologies. Adarin Scott. Um, Looking at the scholarship snapshot, are you ready for this? Look at, I'm about to read it off, the, the classes of the guys that are on this team. The seniority and the experience on this Auburn roster is unbelievable. You ready for this from top to bottom? Senior, 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 senior. That's six seniors. You have junior, junior, junior. That's three. A sophomore and the most talent, one of the most talented freshmen in the country, Aiden Holloway. Yep. You have but really, really of, good experience. Some of those guys, even the seniors, will have another year. Mm-hmm. I look at a guy like Denver Jones. Denver Jones has two years left to play, and he's a he's a junior. So yeah, but but I but I know that there's you got COVID years, you got the double COVID year because we know that I mean Zeb Jasper played like six or seven years of college basketball and was older than I am, which is important time. to note that those are coming to an end. The closer you know, the yes. the farther we go, yes. those will eventually run out. By the way, um, the Navarro College website for Adarin. Uh, it's not well organized because if you go to career stats, there's a whole nother year that wasn't even on there because he was 9.3 points per game this past year. Uh, how many, I didn't say how many rebounds. Uh, uh, almost seven. I think like 6.8. He was, yeah, 6.8 rebounds. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a he was better in his second year. He didn't shoot as well from three, uh, and he was still rough at the free throw line. A little bit better. He was 0.6% better at the line. But, look, I mean, you can live with this being your third tip. Absolutely. And Auburn picks up a depth piece. They pick up a guy who has a couple of more years of eligibility as well. 334-321-1390. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to talk some more basketball, and we'll talk Big Ten versus SEC football schedules coming up. This is David Hedges, President and CEO of Auburn Bank. On behalf of our team, I'd like to thank our loyal customers and friends for voting Auburn Bank, best bank and best mortgage lender for Auburn Network's 2023 Best of Auburn Opelika. For 116 years, our mission has been to promote the community and improve the livelihoods of local citizens. We appreciate your confidence and trust. Auburn Bank, champions of you, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Did you know that electrical fires cause over 51,000 home fires in the U.S. each year? And in Alabama, electrical issues contribute to 10% of residential fires. Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air is committed to protecting you and your loved ones from electrical hazards. Our expert electricians will perform a thorough inspection, ensuring your home is up to code and free from potential risks. Call Dixie today and sleep soundly knowing that your home is safe. Remember, electrical safety starts with you. License number 15033. This is Billy Plummer here, one of the owners of Apex Pest Solutions. I just wanted to thank everyone who voted for Apex Pest Solutions for Best Pest Control of 2023. We couldn't have done it without the amazing Auburn Opelika community and our loyal customers. Apex Pest Solutions voted Best Pest Control of 2023. Hey, this is Steve Long. And I'm Rob Newman. 
Tune in every Saturday morning, 7 to 9, right here on ESPN 106.7 FM for hunting, fishing, and loving every day in the great state of Alabama. That's the Cast and Blast Outdoors way. Join us every Saturday morning for all the latest and greatest that's happening in the outdoor world. Cast and Blast every Saturday morning, 7 to 9, broadcasting live on ESPN 106.7. Hi, this is Doug Amos from the Max Roundtable inviting you to join me each weekday from 11 to 2 on ESPN The Ticket in the River Region and on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Opelika. On Mondays, I'm joined by Charlie Trotman. On Wednesdays, it's Zach Blackerby. And on Fridays, it's Jake Farmer. Tuesdays and Thursdays are reserved for a lot of fun with you. Hope you'll join us each weekday for the Max Roundtable. The Drive drive. with Bill Cameron. He actually is one of these student-athletes that buys into the fraternity of of student-athletes in the conference. A lot of athletes do. That's what a lot of fans don't realize is athletes want to win, and they want to win just as bad, if not more, than the fans do. The Drive, weekday afternoons 4 to 6 on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. All right, we got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Been a busy, busy show. Been a lot of fun as well. It's flown by. Uh, We've just had all sorts of guests and news and topics of conversation. Uh, If you missed it, we just talked about the uh, breaking news for Auburn basketball as they pick up the what seems to be the final uh, roster pickup for 2023 and 2024. Darren Scott, uh, the JUCO transfer from uh, from the state of Texas, he will be coming to Auburn, six foot nine. And uh, seems to be a, a developmental piece for Auburn and has two years of eligibility. And so excited to see. He's about a nine-point-a-game score last year. So stats aren't going to blow you away. But uh, I think all in all, it's a good pickup for Auburn and, and Bruce Pearl. So, um, Carter, any final thoughts on that? Because I do want to get to the topic you wanted to talk about, oh, the yeah. Big Ten schedule compared to what the SEC looks like. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't really have any other opinion. I think this is going to be exactly what it's designed to be, a developmental depth piece in case your bigs get in foul trouble which both of your centers tend to do you're right about that have somebody there and you've got somebody that you feel okay if he has to give you 12 minutes in an emergency situation in some games at the five and the expectation for that when he comes into a situation like that get a few points and grab some rebounds that's what i want you to do for him this I, season, frankly, I don't care if he gets points. Play good defense and rebound. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, hundred percent. No doubt about it. So you're you're the defensive MVP for your district in junior college. Bring me that, and get boards. Sounds good to me. Frank and frankly, I don't want you to shoot because I don't want you to get fouled and go to the free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, the, the free throw percentage is uh, it, it's not good. It's it's historically bad. So yeah, hopefully it doesn't if get. You fouled. thought Janai Broom was bad at free throws? Oh goodness. Well, luckily everybody else should make up for that, and hopefully not. Hopefully no offense Janai's to him. Yeah, that. yeah. No offense to him, but he will probably not be the best free throw shooter on the team. But Auburn basketball picks up the 11th scholarship player, has two years of eligibility, and should be a good 
good developmental piece for Bruce Pearl and Auburn. So if you have thoughts on that, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. But want to get to this conversation, Carter, on a Friday afternoon because it's something that you brought up that you wanted to talk about. The Big Ten schedule uh, got released yesterday. And uh, unfortunately for Northwestern, because they just they needed you know have that's you, all have, they need is some help right have you dug into the weeds on this yet about like their the flex plus schedule that they have for northwestern or just no, in the no, big 10 for, for the conference uh have, i mean i know what it is i haven't read so into detail flex protect plus schedule everybody has for the next uh for 24 and 25 i guess has some two two play opponents, whether you'll play a home and away, and then you have locked in protected opponents that will be there every year. Not everybody has the same amount of protected op- opponents, which makes it really interesting. Like, for instance, Illinois, their protected opponents that they will play every year going forward, Northwestern and Purdue. Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin, all three locked out. Uh, Ohio State, they have Michigan. That's it. Penn State, nobody. They don't have a protected rival. How is all of this calculated? It's, Why? That's that's. I think they tried to keep rivalries alive as much as possible. And I guess when they got down to brass tacks, they were like, nobody actually hates Penn State that much, and like considers them a rival. Interesting. So instead of trying to balance it, like we've been having the discussions around the SEC, they just said, you know what? We're going to do it looks good. We're going to do it looks best. It looks good. And we're just going to roll with that. And that's what the Big Ten ran with. That There's got to be more to that. When I look at it, your biggest winners to me, Ohio State by only having Michigan, which was always going to happen. Yeah, I mean that that's other, not going. And the other anywhere. two rotating along with the with the other six games on their schedule. Uh so for the next two years they have Illinois and Northwestern. And this is for 2024, right? 2024 and 2025. Heard. Uh and then Penn State not having to get locked into Ohio State, Michigan or any of those teams? Any of the good schools? Yeah. Like for the next 3 years they've got Mich- for the next 2 years they've got Michigan Michigan State, Rutgers and USC. But those are going to rotate through every year. I think Iowa wins by having it locked in with Minnesota, Nebraska, and Wisconsin because you don't have a – it's one less spot rotating where you can run into one of the big three out of what the is the now old mm-hmm. Big Ten East in Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Right, and reminder why all of this is happening is because USC and UCLA are coming to the Big yes, Ten in 2024. And we are getting red, rid of the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. This is the last year. Just like this SEC is This is the last is year of a Big Ten West that is a joke. just gross looking. Yeah, a joke. The and Wisconsin of the world. Your sneaky, maybe biggest winner of all, Maryland. Do you know who their one locked-in opponent is? For 24? For, no, forever. For forever, for the rest of time. Please say it's Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah, baby. Rutgers. So Maryland gets that W <laughs> right there. They rotate everything else, and their only locked-in team they play ever. That That's like somebody drawing Vanderbilt. That'd be like if, if we did it in the SEC and Tennessee drew Vanderbilt, or Kentucky drew Vanderbilt, and that was it. Because when you look at the SEC... We, we looked at this on the drive. We actually have it taped up over there, what 
we collectively came to would be the locked out. There'd be a lot more three locked out teams like Iowa than there are in the Big Ten right now. I mean, you look at LSU. LSU has some variation of Alabama, um, Alabama, Al- uh, Florida, Auburn, Texas A&M, Ole Miss. I mean, you can make an argument for any of those. Okay, I found. I just <laughs> I walked over and got this list. So these are what what it, what did you write down here? I'm looking at a massive list. So those are. We tried to create this the exact same way. You tried to do this this flex protect plus model? Lock out permanent opponents, try to protect as many rivalries as possible. Does this mathematically work out? It does. It does. There are there are no issues here. We added South Carolina, Kentucky, so South Carolina would have a friend because South Carolina is the SEC's Penn State. Like Yeah. They have no Deep hatred attachment to anybody in the conference, or if they do, which I guess their closest one is Georgia. Georgia's got Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, five other teams all they can play before them. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, so you run into that issue for sure. Okay, well, let me kind of look through this and read this off. So again, we're talking about the the flex protect plus model that the Big Ten is going with in 24 and 25 because of USC and UCLA coming to the conference. Which is where we run into that 24 year that Northwestern just gets hosed. They they, (laughs) they would be better off just not showing up, man. This is their, (laughs) their road slate. It's so bad. Minnesota, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue, UCLA. Home games... Illinois, Indiana, Nebraska, USC. I joked to you that they were That's, going two and seven in the conference, and you said absolutely they might not. Beat Indiana. They're going zero and nine. They might be Indiana at home, and Nebraska is going to be up in the air. You did beat them last time when you played them in, in Ireland, but it was the only game your offense looked like it had a pulse. You don't give them a chance in Illinois at home. Northwestern's the greatest international Big Ten team in or international football team in the country right now. Hang the banner, man. Hang the banner. You don't give them a chance at home versus Illinois? Hey, Georgia may have won the national championship, but Northwestern won the international championship, baby. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they lost the other 11 games at home. But Doesn't let's matter. Not, let's not think about that. Doesn't matter. They won the one across the water. But they won yeah. the one in August. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue, UCLA, all on the road for Northwestern in 2024. Yikes. That is brutal um but looking at your model that you and and dan and and bill came up with for this flex protect so is that all they do is they're just trying to protect the cool rivalries and they just are throwing everything else in there and just making it work so like i think the reasoning behind like half the games iowa plays are trophy games you know where it's like for Paul Bunyan's axe, for Paul Bunyan's brown jug, for Paul Bunyan's, for Paul Bunyan himself, mm. it's like all variations of that. Which okay, is, which is I'm I'm joking a little bit there, but also like half of these games are about Paul Bunyan. Yeah, literally. Um, well, I'm so, looking at it right now. Each team gets up to three protected yes. annual rivalries. Uh, you mentioned the two plays where you play the same team home and away in 24-25. Um, basically, you're home and home, and then. You also you have two different 
you will have different two plays for the 26th season. And then there's no divisions. Top two teams in the conference standings will go and play for the Big Ten championship game. So thank God, because the Big Ten has desperately needed that. Uh, they have desperately needed that. This just means we're going to get Ohio State-Michigan two weeks in a row like we do in the American every year. Somehow that happens all the time. And I'm totally cool with it. I'm all, Ohio that's State awesome. Ohio-Michigan might play each other three times a year. If if, if it works that. out, yeah. How about that? Think about that. Graham is, is Graham, living Graham, the right resident now. Ohio State fan, is really upset. Probably because his team has gotten their teeth kicked in by Michigan twice in a row. They're back-to-back Michigan is in that game. So, good Which, for them. Yeah, back-to-back. And the last time they'd done that was like 1995. Yeah, it's been a long time. Because they <laughs> the Ohio State gave it to them for the last 20 years. Uh, but looking at your SEC model. So, the ones that stick out to me. Auburn, you gave them Alabama and Georgia again. In this model, SEC opponents would have up to three permanent rivalries. Yes, Auburn got Alabama and Georgia, which... Yes, it under it's understandable. Yes, it sucks. But but your it only is other what it one is. you could have possibly given was LSU, mm-hmm. and you're and LSU's LSU's too busy. LSU's you LSU could have an argument for five or six teams. I mean, you hey, put Ole Miss on LSU's. I think that's interesting. The, Bill and Dan wanted to do that. I would have put A and M personally. Okay, you wouldn't I, have put Auburn instead of A and M at all for no, LSU because I think I think right now. I know it's a very, very new rivalry, but man, those two schools hate each other's guts. LSU and A&M? Yes. Dating back to the seven-overtime game, they want to kill each other. Yeah, and the two you gave, you guys gave Texas A&M are Texas and Arkansas, which I 100% agree with. Yeah, I mean, it's that, that Arkansas kind of feels like they've tried to turn that into one of A&M's rivals. By the way... My brain has has not processed these two. Do you know who Mississippi State and A and M's crossover game in the East has been every year for however long? South Carolina for A and M, which is just like we have nowhere else to put you, so we're throwing pretty you much, yeah. And Kentucky and Mississippi State, which yeah, is that's true, random. yeah. But it's also, I mean, if, as far as I remember, those have been pretty good games, right? yes. But South Carolina A and M is literally like that is extremely random. Y'all have y'all y'all have no friends in the other division, so like you're stuck you with go. each other. Here you go, right? So all right, so you guys gave Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, LSU makes sense. Auburn yes. got Alabama, Georgia makes sense. Arkansas got Texas, Texas A and M. Okay, that's yeah. That's, I, I they they may try to argue about LSU, but LSU does not care about Arkansas at all. The nobody funny, cares about Arkansas. That's what they don't realize. Nobody cares about playing Arkansas. Texas will. Texas will because that is an old The old school. Old but the current SEC, the nobody cares. They think Auburn does, but Auburn doesn't care. I mean, Arkansas is like the fifth or sixth school in the West that I think about. Literally. Uh, and But but the... They, they play for the Golden Boot, yes. But I've heard stories which are hilarious, by the way. LSU will win the Golden Boot and go put that thing in a closet where nobody can see it for a year because they don't care. They don't care about you, Arkansas. Nobody cares about you. That's what I'm saying. Most teams don't care to play. I mean, they like playing Arkansas. It's usually fun to play Arkansas, but nobody's like, oh, it's Arkansas hate week. Like, nobody does that. may kind of care about them because those games are like, those are usually fun. Weird and kind of good. Yeah. I'm looking at down this list the teams that should be. Well, Georgia can't be mad. They play these teams every year anyway. Florida, Tennessee, and Auburn. Like that's 
that's their normal schedule yes. anyway. Yeah, but, so. but but if you're if you're locking them out, like you you got to protect rivalries. Mm-hmm. Those are your three, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Other than we, that, we, I mean, we got into the weeds with with Florida about whether they would get Tennessee, Georgia, somebody else. You guys wrote LSU. Georgia, LSU. It's what you got on this list. So I mean, I don't I don't hate that. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't hate anything on this list. I really don't. I mean, Tennessee. Again, I'm confused on how you determine who gets one, who gets two, or who gets three. I mean, I know you protect the rivalries, but like Tennessee Vanderbilt. To to me, it it becomes have to have it protected games is how you make that determination. Tennessee Vanderbilt is for the state. Because, I guess because if you recall. Um, Remember, Vanderbilt had a beautiful run a few years back when uh, Butch Jones was there and they were the champions of life. Yeah. Where Vanderbilt would beat them the last game of the year and they were the champions of life, but they weren't even the champions of the state of Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't know. That but game like, doesn't... Like, that one is the, to me... That's one of the few on here and, where I'm that like... And, eh. and South Carolina, Kentucky are the weakest rivalry protected things but like you we said south, south carolina, carolina needs Kentucky one to they technically don't in this world it would i don't know now what, what about what about is, kentucky florida i said that and i was overruled because kentucky's had some they, they've been some really good games recently but there was that like 30 year span where, where they just kentucky got just smoked not, they did not beat them which is fair now they've had a lot of success here recently mm-hmm. and, and i think and they'll have success this year because florida's awful Right, and so I, I was going to pose this question before we get to our final break. How much historical rivalry do you take into this, and then how much recency rivalry do you take into this? Because you can it's look at this question. the it's last a fair question. You can look at this the last eighty years with Auburn, Georgia, or you can look the last ten with Florida, Kentucky. Well, well, th- that's what I come to with LSU, A and M versus right. LSU, Ole Miss, or LSU. I mean, you can put so many schools with with LSU you really can I put A&M there because th- that I know it's so new but the hate is there so it has built up so quickly and it's such a heated game at the end of the like that's their that is their final game of the year right now in the SEC and it's we've gotten weird upsets back and forth last year LSU lost to AM. We forget that. Yeah, we do forget that. And and like crazy stuff happens in that game. Seven overtime game. It's that one I think those schools hate each other right now more than LSU Ole Miss. I don't think LSU really thinks about Ole Miss all that much, especially after you beat them by 40 or whatever you did last year. It's an interesting conversation with the Flex Protect Plus model that the Big Ten is using in football for 2024 and 2025. I think you guys came up with a really good list yesterday. Uh, there are a couple tweaks, I think, but overall, it would be interesting, and we'll see what happens in the future. Got to get to our final break, though, here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We'll come back, wrap it all up before the weekend here on ESPN 106.7. David Franklin and the team at Franklin Tire and Auto would like to thank everyone who voted Franklin Tire and Auto as the best auto body shop, best tire shop, and best auto service in Auburn Network's 2023 Best of Auburn Opelika promotion. Franklin Tire and Auto has been proudly serving Auburn Opelika since 1970. 
Find them online at franklinautoinc.com. Right near you, there's something big happening. Seniors from all over Lee and Russell counties are gathering at senior centers and having a great time. With activities and hot meals provided by the Lee Russell Council of Governments, there are eight senior centers throughout our area. One close to you in Auburn, Opelika, Beulah, Bochapoca, Smith Station, Hertzboro, Phoenix City, and Fort Mitchell. If you're lonely or need a break, visit a senior center. It can be a game changer for people age 60 and over. Open Monday through Friday, 9 to 1, having activities, a nutritious hot meal, exercise, information, and fellowship with other older adults may be just what you need to brighten your days. Transportation is free from your home and back by LRPT. Just call ahead to schedule. There's so much good happening at senior centers. Find out how you or a senior you care about can participate, or you can volunteer. Call Lee Russell Council of Governments, 334-749-5264. This is Billy Plummer here, one of the owners of Apex Pest Solutions. I just wanted to thank everyone who voted for Apex Pest Solutions for Best Pest Control of 2023. We couldn't have done it without the amazing Auburn Opelika community and our loyal customers. Apex Pest Solutions voted Best Pest Control of 2023. The team at Rich's Car Wash thanks its customers for voting them Best Car Wash in Auburn Network's Best of Auburn Opelika promotion. Join the Unlimited Wash Club today for a clean ride all the time. Visit their Auburn or Opelika location online at richescarwash.com. Kia of Auburn is deeply honored to be named the best place to buy a new car in Auburn Network's 2023 Best of Auburn Opelika promotion. Thank you to all those who voted for us, and thank you to our entire staff. We value your daily commitment to excellence and customer service. This month, we're featuring the 2023 Kia Telluride. The Telluride comes in 10 trim levels, so there's one specifically to fit your lifestyle. Shop us online at KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line. Been a great show today. I mean, been so much fun here in the studio. We had Jack Cudden with us for hour number one. Uh, we talked a lot of Super Regionals. I want to give some quick picks on that as we get out of here, but talked a lot about that. Uh, talked about the uh, scheduling a little bit, talked about Auburn football a little bit uh, here in hour number two. We also talked to Trey Wallace, who covers the SEC uh, for OutKick. He joined us to start the hour, and then right after that, Auburn basketball picked up a uh, commitment, a JUCO transfer, and so we talked about him a little bit, and then we looked at the Flex Protect Plus model for the Big Ten and how it would look in the SEC. Uh, you guys had a good conversation about it yesterday on the drive. I think it's interesting to talk about it here today as well, so been a fantastic show. Uh, if you missed any of it, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast right after the show today, commercial-free, ESPNAU.com. Uh, we also talked the blue-chip ratio for Auburn. And before transfers, they're above that 50% mark. After transfers, they're at 47%. I just don't agree with that, but you can go back and listen to it and hear what we had to say. So, Carter, we got a couple of minutes left. Super Regionals going on all weekend long. Are we making picks right now? We're making quick picks, like rapid-fire, hot-take picks. Like right, You go. can pick them all or you can pick one. Go. Go with Duke. All right. <laughs> well, that's a strong Cheating. pick after it's they cheating. win game one, but um, hey. So the game coming up here in six minutes. Give me TCU doing it at home despite they – 
probably shouldn't be against Indiana State. Taking TCU for the series. Who do you got for that one? Uh, I'm going to take TCU. I think they stay hot. I think the bats keep rolling. I'm going to take the Horn Frogs. Florida's too good for South Carolina. Agreed. Uh, South Carolina turns back into that pumpkin that they were at the end of the year. I think they play well. I just I think, think Florida's better. I don't think they do. They Maybe are, not. I don't think they're that good. I think I South think Carolina they're... plays good. I just think Florida's better. Uh, I'm going to go Oregon over Oral Roberts, which Graham is... and Jack disagree with. That's great. I hope. I wish them luck. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the Ducks. I'm gonna go the Ducks. Wake Forest sweeping Alabama in two blowouts. Just for fun, I'm gonna say Alabama gets one, but Wake Forest wins the series. Oh, I thought you were about to say Alabama wins. No, no, Alabama's gonna lose. I think they'll get a game. I think Alabama gets a game, but I'll take Wake Forest in three. Kentucky upsets LSU. Yep, that's my pick of the. That's my pick of the weekend. I like Kentucky on the road in Baton Rouge. Tennessee's pitching is too good for Southern Miss. Yep, I think Tennessee's just too good. I think they're good pitching. I think their offense will jump all over Southern Miss. I think uh, I think Southern Miss will be exposed pitching-wise this weekend, and I like Tennessee. David Pierce and Texas go on the road to the Sunken Diamond and sweep Stanford. Sweep Stanford. Wow. I like Stanford in three. I'm going to take the Cardinal in three games There's against Texas. There's something like 8-0 in program history in Supers. Who is? Stanford. Really? Well, well, make it 9-0, oh, baby. No, they're going 8. <laughs> well, no, wait, no, 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 no. I think 8-0 no in Super Regional game. Oh, 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 okay. Well, not, make so it. So 9-0 is not possible. Make it 10-0 then. <laughs> hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy the baseball. Catch up with the podcast, ESPNAU.com. Come back on Monday, 2-4. But until then, have a great weekend. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later. Yellowwood knows that a five-